Okay, John chapter 10. Here we go, guys. Um, go ahead and open your Bibles to John chapter 10. And I will call this the Good Shepherd. Uh, I'll call this the Good Shepherd. And um, that's what this chapter, we've, we've, we've transitioned a little bit, not completely, but quite a bit. And seven, eight, nine, a lot of, just a lot of the tension between the Pharisees and Jesus. Uh, a lot of conflict, um, and it just kind of shows you how Jesus was really fighting to establish his ministry and who he is. You know, we we have such a, uh, in a sense, uh, we have such a clean, wash, septic view of Jesus' ministry. It was down and dirty. I mean, they were after him. They were trying to kill him. He had to escape several times. He'd classic scene. They'd come after him to kill him. He'd slip away in the crowd. He disappear. Uh, it was tense. It was just tense. And here he is at the temple, preaching, teaching, challenging. He's been there the last few chapters, uh, teaching and challenging. And and he gives one of the great teachings, one of the classic teachings, uh, one of the classic pericopes of who he is and how we should think of him. Right. Um, and it's the Good Shepherd. So we'll start in chapter ten, verse one. He says, "Very truly, I tell you, Pharisees." Anyone who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate, but climbs in by some other way, is a thief and a robber. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens a gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because he they do not recognize him, uh, recognize the stranger's voice. Jesus used this figure of speech, but the Pharisees did not understand what he was telling them. Okay, so uh, we still have the, they don't get it, right? We still have that. But now he's teaching about who he is and his role. And he gives some very large clues so that we can understand him. Um, he's, he starts out saying that, that, um, Whoever doesn't enter the sheep's pen. Now, now, G, the the whole idea of of sheep and a pastor, I mean, it's it's classic scenario, right? That that we are the sheep of God. Um, more like more uh, that in the Old Testament, Psalm twenty three, the great psalm of the shepherd and the and the sheep, and 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 the shepherd prays as a sheep, and um and there's a whole lot there. Um, I, I asked, uh, my, my, my good friend Turnwall one time, whose family raises sheep in Alaska. Um, what do I need to know about sheep? And the first thing he said is they're pretty stupid animals. And, uh, I, you know, that was like, wow, that's humbling, <laughs> just pl- humbling place to start. But, but then he went on to tell me the great things about sheep. But, but, um, you know, I, I've actually read a lot about sheep just so I can understand because God, uses sheep as an example and and there's there's a lot there i'm not going to get into it all right now because that's not the subject here but really jesus is the subject that he is the good pastor he is the good shepherd he's the one who takes care and incidentally just in case you didn't know that's what pastor means is a shepherd right it's a a pastor is a shepherd and he's the good shepherd right he takes care of the sheep the sheep know him okay i don't want to get ahead of myself but but um, but he says all the others break in, they rob, they steal, they they do damage, they they're hurtful, and and that's certainly 
you know, obviously the, you got the Pharisees standing there and they know Jesus is slamming them. They know that he's talking about them, you know, that they're thieves or robbers, people that try to, to do things their way, to control things their way. Um, but Jesus is the good shepherd and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. I, I heard a class in Jerusalem one time and he, he was talking about when you drive around Israel, you see flocks of shepherds, excuse me, flocks of sheep with their shepherds up on the hillsides. And you'll see them out there and you'll see the tents where they live. And, and and he said that here's the incredible thing is that they'll mix all their flocks together. And in the evening, um, when it's time to go back wherever they're from, because they'll take them all out to a green field where they can eat and then bring them all back where they live. And he says, they just, the shepherds just call the sheep and the sheep know their voice and they have that kind of relationship. There's, in a sense, it's a symbiotic relationship. The sheep provide, you know, the wool, they provide, they provide even leather to a degree and meat and, and they provide, you know, produce so that the people can live. And, and then of course the, the shepherd provides protection and guidance to the good food, guidance to water, uh, watches over them and, and ensures that they don't do stupid things and kill themselves, you know, and, 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 and he watches over them and protects them from the wolves and, and, you know, ancient times there were even lions in the area. Um, but, but, but that relationship is very important. Neither would survive without the other, right? And, and so the, the sheep, Jesus, it paints a beautiful picture that the sheep, they recognize his voice, you know, and of course, of course, uh, this is alluding to us really knowing Jesus. And we have to remember that, that Christianity is, it's all about relationships. It's what it's all about. I mean, it's a book of relationships. It's how you build your relationship with God. How do you have, do your relationships in this world? Your spouse, your kids, your friends, your neighbors, your roommates, your, your coworkers, how you relate to others and how you build that relationship with others. And, and growing in, in Christianity, growing in our religion is really growing in our relationships with others, primarily with God, that we have a great relationship with God. Um, and he says, you know, the others, the, the sheep will run away. They don't recognize them. Um, that knowing each other is huge. I mean, there are several parables where Jesus says, away from me, I never knew you. Knowing each other is key. And unfortunately, most people just assume they know Jesus. And it's not true. They don't really know him. They know him in a superficial way. Hey, I'd recognize that guy. Seen a lot of, seen a lot of paintings. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about the knowledge that comes from living together, from working together, from traveling together, from going through hard times, good times, bad times, tough times, great times together. That knowledge, that intimate knowledge of each other where you really know one another. And, and, and that's what he's talking about. That's what, and it really comes from a, a Hebrew concept, yadat, of knowledge of, knowing somebody, knowing God and knowing Jesus. Same, same, same concept. He doesn't use that terminology here because this is a different world. This is recorded in Greek, but it's the same concept, same idea of really knowing that, that, that the sheep know the shepherd so well, all he has to do is call their names and they come and they go to the right shepherd. They don't go to a different shepherd. They don't go to the wrong shepherd. They know. It says Jesus used this figure of speech, but the Pharisees did not understand 
what he was telling them. And again, the Pharisees, they don't get it. And, and that's the thing is that you don't really get Jesus unless you're really searching for the truth. And if you're not searching for the truth, you don't get him. You don't understand him. Stuff he says doesn't make sense. Stuff he does doesn't make sense. You really have to be hungry for the truth. Therefore, Jesus said, very truly, I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. And this is the thing is that Jesus came that we have, that we could have life, life to the full. What kind? Well, I've talked about it before, the difference between bios and zoe, bios being like, as in the word biography or biology, it's, it's a living something. It's something that's alive. That's bios. But that could be a plant. That could be a bug. That could be a person. That could be a lot of different things. Then there's zoe. That's the other word for life. Um, that we, we, uh, it's become lately popular to name people Zoe, right? Or Zoe. Um, it's a great word. It's life in abundance. It's the quality of life. When we say, man, that what he's got a great life. We're talking about Zoe. When we say, how's your life going? We're talking about what's the quality of your Zoe? Do you have Zoe? You know, when I say, man, I just love my life. You know what I'm talking about? I'm not talking about I'm happy my lungs are functioning and and that my kidneys are working. I'm talking about my relationships in my life, the quality of my life, my purpose in life, my meaning, the meaningfulness of my life. They're good. They're going great. That's what I'm talking about. And that's what Jesus says. He says, the thief comes to kill and destroy. That's Satan. Satan would like to wipe you out. And he asked to sift you out. And you've got to know that he's here to destroy you. And if it takes giving you a bunch of money, if it takes giving you, you know, a bunch of lucky breaks, if it, if there's a way he can buy you, he will buy you. If you got a price, he will pay it. If he can get your soul, he will. On the other hand, you've got Jesus who gives you life. The thing you want most is in a life in abundance, a great life. That's, that's really what what we all want, right? We all want that. That's why we get the jobs, the education. It's why we work hard. It's why we push ourselves because we want this life. But what a lot of people, most people just don't ever get is that it doesn't come from money. It doesn't come from education. It doesn't come from talent. It comes from Jesus. It comes from walking with Jesus. You know, I think about like when I when I'm sitting there with my wife, we're talking about the kids or whatever, or I'm sitting there with one of the brothers and we're we're just having a great time. We're fishing or we're sitting by the bay praying or something. And and I just think, man, what a great life. This this is what life should be. Not not it's not just about, you know, do I drive a BMW or do I drive a Toyota? You know, do I do I have a lot of money in the bank or do I not have much money? Those aren't we think those are it, but but believe me, there's a lot of rich people out there that don't have Zoe, don't have life. They're just as miserable as anybody else. In fact, a lot of wealthy people are more miserable because they got more to worry about than anybody else. And or it's not just about relationships in the sense of, you know, do I have the right boyfriend or girlfriend or spouse or that it's more than that. Not that there's anything wrong with those things. 
Nothing wrong with money by itself. There's nothing wrong with having the right relationships. But that's not where life's going to be gotten. And if you think that is, you're going to end up crashing because you're going to find out that that's not really it. Life, great life, Zoe, comes from Jesus. He says, um, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd, verse 11, lays down his life for his sheep. You know, this is, Jesus knows that this is ultimately what's going to have to happen. To give us Zoe, to help us have a great life, to give us hope for eternity. He's going to have to lay down. He's not, he's going to have to become a sheep. He's going to have to become the sacrificial lamb. And he will do that. And he does do that. He ends up doing it for us. He ends up laying down his life for us. And he says, the hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man who runs away because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. You know, this is, this is bad leadership. This is bad religion. It doesn't really do anything for you. And in fact, the truth is, when problems come, the bad leadership disappears or the bad religion just disappears. It doesn't help you at all. It makes no difference in your life. He says, I am the good shepherd, verse 14. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. I mean, he says this a lot. You catch how many times he's repeating and I'm not even reading everything he says. Why? Because it's so important. It's so important. You know, they, they say you we retain 10% of what we hear. So if you really want somebody to hear it, say it 10 times. Okay, so he's saying this again and again and again. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Okay, knowing Jesus is super important here. Nobody's going to die and meet Jesus for the first time in heaven. You die and you don't know Jesus, you're not going to be in heaven. That's It's that simple. It's That's why we need to get to know him now, here and now. And he says, just as the Father knows me and I know the Father, I lay down my sheep, my life for my sheep, for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not from the sheep's pen. I must bring them also. Okay, so he repeats again that he's going to lay down his life for the sheep. He's going to give it all for us. What should we do? Well, we should give our all to him, right? That's the proper thing. Somebody gives you everything, you give them back everything. That's the proper thing. That's the proper response. It's, is it fair? No, of course it's not fair. Jesus' everything is worth a whole lot more than my everything. But that's the way it works. He gives everything, I give everything. And together we have everything. Um, this verse 16, this is an interesting statement. He says, I have other sheep that are not of the sheep pen. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice and there shall be one flock and one shepherd. There's a whole lot of speculation over who are these other sheep. Everything from these are aliens from Mars that will someday will meet and he'll will convert them to to uh, you know the, these are the Gentiles that will come in later. To even some people saying no, we're the church. These are the Jews who are messianic and turn to Jesus in the end. Um, are all of those are possible? <laughs> you know, I mean, it could be that. You know, I mean, next week we get a signal from outer space and find out there's a bunch of people living in Mars underground, you know. Who knows? That could happen. What's the most likely scenario? I think the most likely scenario is he's talking about the Gentiles. That right now the church, you know, if you can call it the church, 
it's all it's all Jews. Everybody who's following Jesus is a Jew. And that's a big deal in their world. Jews and Gentiles are two different beings in their minds. And and he's saying, look, I have another group. And it really could be the Gentiles. And I'm going to bring him in. And what makes me think that is the fact that he says, um, he says, they too will listen to my voice and therefore there shall be one flock and one shepherd. That's what makes me think it's the Gentiles because of the many nations, there could be many different flocks and many different leaders, but he's saying, nope, there's going to be one flock and one shepherd. And we're all going to be in this together. He's not going to let us separate. We're not going to be in different divisions. We're not going to be in different ethnicities or different languages. We're all going to be one, 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 one flock. And he says, um, and it says, they will be the people who listen to him. Same standard for everybody, right? Who gets to be part of his flock? Those that listen to Jesus. He says, the reason my father loves me is that I lay down my life only to take it up again. No one takes it for me, but I lay down my life of, of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up again. The command I received from my father. This is the command I received from my father. So, you know, the, 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 Jesus is telling them, basically, and this is important because um, he he's obviously he's going to be, soon we're going to get to where he gets arrested and the whole passion scene begins and the cru- ending with the crucifixion and the resurrection of the dead. And he makes it very clear. He says, nobody takes my life away. I give it, I take it up, and I can come back. And the whole time he is in control, he is doing what he chooses to do, not what people are doing to him. And and we're still in the middle of the conflict, right? The very next verse, 19, says, The Jews who heard these words were again divided. Many of them said, He's a demon-possessed and raving mad. Well, why listen to him? But others said, These are not the sayings of a man possessed by a demon. Can a demon open the eyes of the blind? You know, he'd open the blind guy's eyes. They, They were still amazed by that. Uh, They knew that it happened. They were amazed by his words, um, but some still doubted. And that's what's going to happen. There's always, there's always going to be some who doubt and refused to stop doubting. There'll be many who doubted and then be won over when they see miracles, when they see the great things God is always doing. So we're out of time. I'm going to stop right there in uh, chapter 10, and then we'll finish that up tomorrow and go into chapter 11. uh, And we're cranking along. But, you know, isn't Jesus just absolutely incredible? I mean, he is our shepherd. He protects us. He guides us to green pastures. I, you know, I would remind you, if you haven't, go back and memorize Psalm 23. It's a fantastic psalm. God bless you and take care.